If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, for about 20 minutes, we talk about starting a cult. Uh... <laughs> We also talk about it's the, true. It's uh, true. We also talk about the evolution and value of men and women to society. Yes, we touched that third rail. After that, we start answering some pretty good questions. The first question we answer is: How do you handle being in a relationship with someone yeah. who's not into fitness and health like you are? How do you how do you dance around that? How do you get them motivated? Then we talk about. I was podcasting very hard. We talk about something section. called butt wink. Uh, is it uh, something you do at a bar when you're trying to get someone's attention, or does it happen when you squat? Hmm. Find out in this episode. Then we talk about training kids. When's it appropriate to start children on fitness routines? Hit those weights, kids. Lastly, we talk about the big Zs. How important is sleep? Is it help with fat loss, muscle building? Is it important to get adequate sleep, or should you stay up all night uh, party. And, and party every single day? Um, we talk a lot in this episode about correctional exercises, and we refer to our MAPS Prime program, which has a self-assessment tool. We also talk about MAPS Anywhere, which is our equipment-free program. You can find those at mindpumpmedia.com. You can also find our Summer Starter Pack. We have a lot of new listeners coming to us from some of the interviews we've done on other podcasts, and we decided we wanted to put something together for someone who's just Let's organize getting, it, make it easy, and give you like great structure right out of the gates. Give you everything you need. So we included our foundational Maps program, which is Maps Anabolic. Then we included Maps Prime, which I just talked about. Our nutrition and uh, fasting guide. So you've got that that food intake part down. And then we included our Facebook forum, uh, where you can go and ask questions. You can post videos of your exercise form for other trainers and other fitness professionals to critique. We've put that all together and discounted it almost like 60%. I believe it's almost 60%. So it's pretty awesome. It's all at mindpumpmedia.com. And lastly, Adam talks a lot about Brain FM. This is a, an app that you uh, sign up for, you can listen to, and it actually helps put your brain into certain alpha and beta waves depending on what you want to be in, whether it's meditation, whether it's sleep, or whether you want to have more focus. Now, with Mind Pump, you get Game 20, changer. It's huge. With Mind Pump, you get 20% off. All you got to do is go to brain.fm forward slash Mind Pump. So without any further ado, here we are talking about some cool stuff, including the Colts. Raise us up. Raise it up. We're in your hands. Jesus, <laughs> raise us up. You're gonna you're, you're gonna start burning here Dude, in a minute. Can I just uh, let's 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 all be all let's be in totally fuego. honest. Here. It's a good thing I'm not super religious. It's it not is. a bad thing. I would I would be so you annoyed guys, with you. You guys joke around uh, about would... about me going to hell, but let's be honest. If I was super religious, I might mm, have a cult. Yeah, I might have a cult. You balance this out. Pretty sure you would. Adam would for sure. For sure, be like my fucking. That'd be my dude right there, my right hand man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your deacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, and then uh, it, what would I be? Oh, you'd be the you'd be the hammer. Okay. Yeah, I'd yeah, be yeah. like, hey, I'd be like, yeah, the enforcer, Justin. I want you to go mm -hmm. and fucking crack down on the sinners. Yeah. And the cult. Okay. Because uh, some of them are, <laughs> you know. Oh man. So, some of them are not sleeping with me. 
Right. Yeah, like, you know like I mean? the Inquisition. Yeah. Like, I'm the Inquisitioner. Like, you, you want to purify your soul? Yeah. It only happens through Dude, yeah. sex with Sal. Okay. That's horrible. Yeah. I sound <laughs> I sound like I thought about this, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, sound like I, I thought about being a cult leader. Yeah. God, it's Took horrible. Took a page out of David Koresh. You know, how, how weird is it, though, that people will actually do that? They'll actually go into a cult and, like, do everything that that person... Yeah. Like, the craziest shit. Well, it doesn't start like that, right? It yeah, always it starts with, like, they, they just, like, take... <clears throat> what's already there and like what people are familiar with. And then they like just get you all comfortable with that. And then they slowly start introducing these like crazy ass ideas. But what is it in the it, human psyche that this. makes I'll people do stuff? I'll tell you this. It's, and there's a great quote that's uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so what these great cult leaders do is they do an incredible job. You just said great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if you get a bunch of people to jump yeah. off a cliff together just by telling them, I mean, you're pretty good. Uh, at, you're pretty, or, you know, you're pretty. My good favorite at that thing, shit, right? by the way, is when you take a phrase and then you reverse it. Like, like people like use that all the time for philosophies and for quotes. What do you mean? Oh, I love those. Those are the, yeah, philosophical stuff. That's like it's, it's like, like the Lang Su. Like in is really out when out's really exactly. Yeah, it's like you it's, just flip it. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. like every fucking quote I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, it, oh my god, it's so profound. Uh, and you just <laughs> fucking reversed it. <laughs> some of them. Are, some of them are profound. You're so funny. Yeah. I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, th- so yeah, but I mean, when you think about it, that's what these what they do is they come in. They they. Uh, win everybody over it's no different than any any cult or any leader like that like and they come in and they they win everybody over through showing how much they care about them and their 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 how genuine they are and their passion and so once they then the 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 real message comes later you know i'm saying it's like let me gather you in show you how much i love you and care about you but now let me tell you what we're gonna do (laughs) but i want to i'm going deeper than that i'm going deeper than that what if you have a wife she's my wife but yeah but what okay so there's there's something in our brain it's the need for affirmation it's, but the, the, it's the desire for us to get constant affirmation, whether you're male, female, or what. And some of us need it more than others. And that 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 desire. Yeah, but what is it that? Because there's cults have happened through all of history. People have done shit that when they step out of it, look back and they go, "What the fuck was I doing?" Like all yeah. these things. What is it in the human psyche? Why did we evolve to have this susceptibility to just blindly follow shit well, and do stuff that. Like, here's my favorite quote. Here's my favorite quote of all mm. time. I'm just following orders. Let's think about that for a second. Oh, I know. That's like, a quote? I, well, yes. Like, <laughs> soldiers, well, like a lot soldiers. of people have said it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. That's well, a lot of people say some dumb yeah. shit. That's up there. With well, no, no, no. <laughs> think about it. Like, it, like, you see that you see a cop doing some horrible shit, and they're like, listen, I'm just following orders. Or yeah. a soldier killing people and. I'm just following orders or, you know, the people involved with the, you know, the Nazi regime or the communist parties when they were killing. Well, they're deflecting. I'm, yeah, I'm just following orders, but, yeah. but it's almost like excusable. Like, well, he was following orders, but why? Like, it's so weird. It's well, very, and they've done this in studies. There's, there's like so many tests where they'll. Well, you're trying to think of it from an evolutionary state is what you're trying to figure out. It's just out. fucking weird. Well, here's the thing. Fuck we, orders. We were just talking about something the other day, yeah. too, that like. I feel you, dude. We, we refer back to like. You know, oh, you know, why did the body, why did the body evolve this way? You know, back when we could only get food, this, that, and there's yeah. a, there's a lot of good theories on you know why the body evolved the way it did when we talk about eating and diet and things like that. But then there's also a lot of uh, culture things and stuff that and what the evolution of technology and, and uh, societies and 
that have now influenced and changed our uh, evolution. Like even the fact that like, like the whole clothes thing and feeling insecure and like making, like there's so much marketing and advertising that's gone that way. That's totally changed uh, how people need this affirmation all the time Mm -hmm. that you, you wouldn't need that, you know, thousands of years ago, not like you do now because it's in your face like 24 seven. So there's some things that I feel like we've recently in by recent, I mean, in the last like thousand years, like verse or even hundred few hundred years where we've evolved because of, you know, television and magazines and things that you weren't you weren't comparing yourself or thinking about others like the way you are now, like probably like 500 years ago. You don't. You never once give a shit about anybody else, but your own family, your own tribe, or what's right. Oh in front of no, you. no, I hundred th- percent. It's just smaller. It was just a smaller circle. But no, it is hardwired in our brain to fit in. It's hardwired, and I mean, uh, do you, one of the easiest. I mean, one of the most common torture uh, ways to torture humans is to put them in isolation. Or look at the number one fear that but, all people have is speaking in public. But do you think something that'll never kill you? Do you think that like something like the isolation thing is for is is torture for everybody? Or don't you think that some people that's not torture? I'm sure at all? there's outliers that are out there, but for the most part, yeah, Ted I mean, Bundy was doing r- awesome by himself. Well, yeah, right away. I think I think of the example of my sister and I when we were kids. Like that, that's how we got that, and that was torture for me because I like I just need that. But I'm talking about true isolation, like. Locked in a cell. Well, it felt like it was prison when you, my parents put me in the bedroom and said you can't go outside and play with my window open and I could hear all the kids playing outside. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty close to me. Sal was like, you it's cool, well. dude. More encyclopedia time. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. How, that's how I feel. I feel like you yeah. just flip it on its head. That's what my sister just said. Right. My sister's like, oh, that's great. It's doll time. That's awesome. You know what I'm saying? So it's fucking three uh, days in a row of doll time. Of doll, <laughs> doll time. <laughs> she wasn't pissed at all. Adam, Adam had doll time, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So you know when you take off the Barbie's clothes, they don't whoa, have nipples. Uh, too far. So no, it's um, it's all smooth. It's just weird to me to 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 look at all that and uh, like we really don't we really don't think for ourselves as much as we think we do. Uh, like uh, people just want to be told what to do. That's really what it boils down to. I think yeah. when people have a leader, they just want to say, "Tell me what to do, and I'll do it." Yeah. And it's true when you get clients too. Like how many clients truly want to do it for themselves, like learn and do it and be able to do it on their own? Not very many. Most well, of our, like our t- job is to teach them how to find that. <clears throat> it's a, it's, and that's, the, that's like there's the, a the lot hard of, work. There's right? a lot of responsibility lot of that comes that. with a tribe leader, right? There's a lot of responsibility that becomes it is for the leader. It's easier to follow, right? It's easier to follow. Oh, easier. Because when you make bad decisions as the leader, it's on you. Whereas if you make bad decision or a bad decision or something doesn't go right and you are simply following somebody else, you don't have to take ownership of it. It's like, well, he fucking told us to go there. Or, oh, they told yeah. me to do that or whatever versus, you know, hey, I made this decision and this is what we all did. So there's a lot more pressure for that. Not a lot of people want that pressure. Yeah. If you go if you go all the way oh, back to I know. To like, I mean, of course, I, I know that. It's just, um, I don't know. It's just weird how we're, we're wired to to be that way and how easy it is to manipulate it. Were we wired or did nature do... cause that? That's what I want. You know what I'm saying? Were we wired or well, I think Well, I think it was both. I think it's both. Yeah. I think... Uh, but both always play a role, but we're yeah. definitely, there's definitely a well, hard wiring advantages, right? There's advantages to creating a tight knit group that everybody contributes and all that. I think that there's just people that manipulate that process mm. and that's just the, you know, certain people will look at that as opportunity to, you know, pull everybody into their own agenda. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, if you look at all the cult leaders, here's something interesting. I, from my knowledge, the vast majority of them are men. Mm-hmm. vast majority of cult leaders are men. I don't think there's any cult leaders that were women that I can think about. 
Hmm. Let's go, um, lady, ladies, step up your game. Yeah. yeah. You know what that, you know, I, when I wonder where that's from, part, part of it, I think, is because I've Lack seen. Lack of empathy. Well, I've seen all these studies, and I'm not saying why that would evil. Be my, that would be my guess. Well, well, here's the thing. Yes, part of it. Definitely the male. As a matter of fact, I watched this, this uh, documentary. I love how assertive he says it. I, I, I watched this documentary. Yes, but this but, is how it really yeah, happens. Exactly. <laughs> Here comes tell here us. comes the truth. Yeah, tell us. The, please, <laughs> share, have, the, share the truth with us, fuck, please. I have all the characteristics of a cult leader, don't I? <laughs> if you, uh, I just actually watched a doc, really, not a documentary, yeah. a good talk on this uh, yesterday. It was a uh, it was a philosophy. There's this page I belong to or I follow on Facebook. I wish I knew the name now. Everybody's gonna want to know what it is, but it, it, it's it's about philosophy. And there was a scientist uh, really who posted a video. And he was talking about how the male brain, the, the, it evolved to be an outlier. It evolved to be either exceptional in certain areas or just horrible in others. And he showed this chart of how most people who are mentally ill, most people who are in prison, most people who do these horrible things are men. But on the other side, you've got a lot of leaders, a lot of you know Nobel Prize winners and all that stuff, which are also men. So he's talking about this, how the male brain and the male body is, dis, is disposable. So basically nature takes a lot of chances with the male brain. So in other words, if you have a large population and of men and women and one out of every four women goes off and dies in battle or one out of every two, in some cases this has happened throughout history where half the men have died because of war, uh, the population doesn't suffer because you know, a one man can father you know, 10, 15 children. Whereas if half the female population goes off and dies in war or whatever. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Uh, the, 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 the species could die, could die out because it can't replace itself. So, uh, you know, that's part of it. Part of it's also, you know, uh, men are physically stronger and throughout See, human history. He, that was important too. And so my point is when you look at even modern studies where they ask men and women who would they rather, uh, who would they rather have as a boss, men and women, more women than even men say that they'd rather have a man lead them so i think that's part of it also so you combine the fact that most that more people would rather have a man lead and this is just objective fact i'm not being sexist or anything and also combine that with the fact that men are more likely to be a little psychotic and and have narcissist well that makes that makes great you got a cult cult leader because if you're in a leadership role like that you're more likely to go out and get killed right in battle or whatever so and at one point, so I don't know if it's hardwired too, or this was like a smart decision, right? I can just imagine us, you know, thousands of years ago sitting, you know, next, you know, you're in your little tribe and there's, you know, f- you know, three men and there's three women and, and the men and women are deciding like, hey, okay, who's going to go out and hunt where all the fucking lions and tigers and bears, oh my, are, and who's going to stay here and stay safe? And the women go like, well... We only need one of you to procreate. We don't need. <laughs> yeah. we, we don't need all three of you. You know what I'm saying? So it's probably. And more. the guys are looking at each other like, let's go, yeah. let's go gamble a little bit and see who comes back and <laughs> yeah. gets to sleep with everybody. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you're probably like, so it might have been that. Just it might have been women really outsmarting us thousands of years I, you know, and convincing us send that out, send out fuck we're, we stand we're, we're better off in that well, position and we just got outsmarted which makes a lot of sense to me because women are just brilliant and we've been, we've been selectively uh, 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 harvested well, yeah, well it's, they, it's interesting they, they believe that they that these I think these women were just that smart well, dude, back then well dude look at it this way I, I have been talking about this for a long time and I don't know if technology will change this but let's just say yeah. We don't become machines in the future, which I think is going to happen anyway. But let's just say it doesn't happen and we end up evolving. Uh, I, I really think we are entering into the era of 
female dominance pretty soon yeah. because all the shit that well, men think about what men look like now like it, this is all a result of you know demand right i think so and i think right women are w- men are getting more feminine and yeah women they are don't want they don't want the you know the, the alpha you know big you know muscular well dudes. isn't there a group of people that there's a group of uh people that be- believe that we're going to evolve into like a, a homogenous that's what it's called yeah right? homogenous Homo- yeah exactly well um <laughs> And besides that, like all the things that men evolved to do, mm-hmm. we don't need really anymore. Like, I know. Those like, skills are, are dead. Yeah. Like you don't need to be a hunter and who cares about, you know, and childbirth isn't yeah. dangerous like it used to be and yeah. all these other things. So I wonder, it's pretty interesting, but yeah, it's, 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 it's We're an becoming interesting. becoming more and more useless. But dude, it's, an, well, <laughs> that's fucking great. Well, bro, great. Check this out. Like this is, it's very interesting. Like in, I'm, I, I know part of it is societal, but part of it is also evolutionary you, you look at the outliers you look at the bell curve of the people over here who are if you know and i hate to say it this way but let's say are a detriment to society or have mental issues or more likely to do all these bad things it's men but on the other end when you have these extreme uh you know performances in the sciences and technologies and all those different things it also tends to be dominated by men part of that societal part of it is it's just more experimentation i think that nature and this was one of the theories was that nature just throws more male brains out there and, and, and plays you know plays those cards because we're disposable, whereas women are valuable. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, if you look at um, how societies kind of treat women, you know, and, and I you know this is terrible, but they're in, in old in old cultures and societies, women are treated like property, probably because they are they very they are very very valuable, whereas guys are like. You know, half you guys can die, and we're all yeah. good. It's kind of it's kind of weird, yeah. right? Yeah, he jumped off a cliff. Yeah, it's oh, kind well. it's kind of weird, but you don't see women committing horrible crimes nearly at the rate that men do. It's actually so rare that when a woman kills her kids or does something horrible to her kids, everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, like, what just happened?" Yeah. Doug, are are the ten names up there right now? The 10- oh, we've got ten female cult le- leaders we've never heard of. Interesting. Oh, yes. Thank you, Doug. Anne Hamilton. Yeah. No idea who that is. No. Keep going. Who else? Clementine Barnabet. Don't know who that yeah, is. Mm. Yeah. Keep going. Amy McPherson. I want to read about these. Yeah, yeah. that would be fascinating. Yeah. We'll, put, we'll put a link in the show notes for this. This is pretty interesting. Yeah, this is interesting stuff. But did they kill Whoa. a bunch of people or were they just... They just manipulative. Yeah. yeah like, they just take their money. They just made everybody... Well, like, if you're a cult leader, you probably, had, you probably did something pretty... Yeah, you'd have to do something. Yeah, I don't think you get a cult leader. <laughs> I don't think you get that unless you do. Evil. Unless you kill a bunch of people, yeah. steal a bunch of shit, get a bunch of. I don't necessarily I don't know. know you. You wrap it cult unless there's you know some malevolent, some bad, you know, bad intent there. Yeah, <clears throat> pretty interesting. All stuff. right, Doug, you'll put this in the show notes for everybody. This will be a good one for people to link in and read. We want. I, we don't have time to read all that, but that looks yeah. interesting. I don't know. I love that this. Interesting. I love these kind of discussions because I like to to figure out the whys. You know, certain things happen, whether it's societal. Yeah. And cultural, or whether it's uh, biological or both, yeah. I think the more we dive into it, and the more we let ourselves talk about the stuff without getting well, silly about it, the more we understand mm-hmm. each other. You know what I mean? Well, you can kind of tap into what we're hi- hardwired to sort of, uh, you know, what makes us like operate, and mm-hmm. then like how we make decisions uh, accordingly. You know, like how how we've done and, it over the years. And I think it's important, people. Uh, it, it's okay to say something maybe evolutionarily hi- hardwired. Because it doesn't mean that's the way things are going to be. Right. We can evolve we, out of You that. don't have to express it. Right? We totally like do. Because we're hardwired to, you know, men are hardwired to just sleep with, 
you know, women, all the, you know, as many women as they want. But uh, it's not advantageous for families. It's not advantageous for societies. And of course, if it doesn't work with your partner, so you don't. So we're also hardwired to eat anything that's in front of us. But many of us have evolved past that so we can take care of our health and all these other things. So right. just understanding that doesn't mean that that's, you know, necessarily what's going to happen. So bird time. Boom. Bring, bring on the culty bird. <laughs> <laughs> being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Jess Hotter. Yeah. How do you handle being in a relationship with someone who is not as fitness or health oriented as you are? Do you try to encourage healthy behaviors or avoid it because you don't want to push anything on them? How do you keep your lifestyle in check with them with regards to social outings without coming off as pretentious or selfish? A lot of we got to break this up in uh, a couple this, here. This yeah. is a this is a um, this we've is talked a loaded, about this loaded a couple question. times, but not. To it, this level. Yeah, and it's been a while since we probably addressed it too. I think it's a and I think it's a great topic because being a trainer, I think it was one of the hardest things that I had to to figure out to help clients that had a spouse uh, or partner or significant mm. other that yeah. did not work out, did not exercise, did not eat. We healthy. call them crabs. And it's what? Um, yeah. Until you until, <laughs> I'm not sure where that came from. No, dude. <laughs> They're crabs. They're holding you back. Yeah. In, oh, okay. In, yeah. In, Do I have to tell the story of what a crab is? Is there a story behind that? Yeah. So I think you should. Tell me. Yeah. So there's like so um let's see. Have you guys ever watched that show? Little uh, Little Mermaid? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, that's a great show. The first thing that comes to mind, first that comes to mind is Sebastian the crab right now. So I'm wondering what what no, he did, what he did to hold. It's the crabbing the fishing boat back. show, you know, like deadliest catch. Oh, okay, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, so, deadliest snatch with crabs. Okay, so crabs are. There's always like. Uh, somebody's like making it to the surface. Uh, you know what? I don't even remember the story. I'll write in the show <laughs> oh <my> notes. <laughs> Here, here's, a, here's a story as I know it. Oh, yeah, Doug yeah, knows Doug it. Knows yeah, it. so if you put You're lucky like, Doug saved your ass right here. Because I know like the ones <laughs> always pulling them down when they're trying to get out. Like the thing, like, yeah, it's exactly. something about like, like so they, they could all get out and get, and be free of the net, but they're all like kind of pulling each other back now. Yeah, so you put a bunch of crabs in a pot. If one is about ready to get out, the others will pull it back into the pot. Okay, thank you. That's way Holy better. Holy shit, yeah. that is a fucking metaphor. That's a great metaphor, wow. Justin. Wow. You fucked it I, up, I know but I it fucked was good. it up, yeah. but sorry. <laughs> yeah, it, it was important. Bro, you just blew my mind right now. Yeah. That, but I'm glad you shared that because I didn't, you know what, it, that, is that kind of similar to the, what's the, the, but, the butter, the butter and the mouse, the butter and the mouse one in the bowl that has. See, now I don't know that I don't one. Know that. You explain okay. that one, See, I don't know it. That's why I didn't <laughs> share it. This what happens. This is what happens. You open it up and you're like, oh shit, I haven't thought this was yeah. all out yet. Yeah, I'll figure like, it. I'll yeah. remember. I'll I, feel look like, it. I feel like Justin was podcasting really hard right there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't oh my god! I was trying. Like, I was trying so hard. I was like, oh. you know what? No, shame on us for stopping you because it was fucking gold. But I'm uh, glad Doug because I didn't. It didn't register for me. I'm like, wait a second. How is that person a crab? I don't get because they're crabby. I don't no, know. It's all good. It's all good. I, no, that was money. That was a yeah. money analogy. This is a. It's a. What a loaded question. Uh, you know, it's funny. I had this conversation 
A conversation? Conver- I had this conversation. Well, you've been hanging out at my library a lot lately, dude. I wonder why my mouth did that. That was weird. <laughs> but I had this conversation earlier, and it was a joke. Like, you know, women, this is a joke, right? Uh, women date men hoping that they're going to change. So they, they look at a guy. And the reason why I said this is I heard a girl say this, where she's like, oh, you know, he, I was at the gym and I overheard a conversation. I was laughing so hard. She's like, he, you know, he lives with his mom right now, and, you know, but, <laughs> but man, he is, he's like really smart and I know in like five or 10 years he'll be super successful and I'm hearing her and it's almost like she's apologizing, but saying he's got lots of potential. <laughs> like an investment. Yeah. And, and I was joking with my, with, with Jessica about that and I'm like, Buy low, I'm like, sell high. I'm like, women tend to like, when they'll date a guy, it's like they're, they're looking at his potential for him to change. They want him to change. Whereas a man will date a woman and be like, I hope you never change. Right. Like, I hope you always look like this and you're always the same and. And that's it. So, I mean, all joking aside, I think when you get into a relationship, you need to understand that people, including yourself, change and you will change. There's no way you're going to be the same person 10 years from now that you're going to be that you are right now. And that may mean that the person you start dating, you two may have bonded over the fact that you like reading books and going on vacations. You have great conversation. But maybe 10 years from now, you embark on a, a health and fitness journey, and it becomes a big part of your life because you realize how important it is, and you become very passionate about it. Well, maybe your spouse or your, your boyfriend or your girlfriend doesn't uh, share that with you. Maybe they're not going, they don't have that same realization for themselves. They're doing their own growth, and you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with that because trying to force what you're uh, finding in your growth on someone else will only cause you problems. It will cause resentment. Now, you may want to share with them what you're finding. You might want to share with them uh, how good you feel, but share it from a place of of love and a true sense of sharing, not like I'm going to share with my spouse that I've lost 10 pounds, hoping it's going to motivate them to do the same. And the reason why I say that is the likelihood of you convincing your significant other to start working out through pressure um, is very low. And if they do, in fact, start working out and stuff because of pressure, all you, you what you're going to do is you're going to start potentially can, can cause damage to their self-esteem and they may resent you for that as well and it can cause problems. So my advice is, and I, trust me, I have experience in this, is do your thing, love what you do, respect the person you're with uh, because you know you love them and you're growing. And hopefully they see what you're doing and they want to join in with you. And that's one of the best ways I've ever found is like, hey, I'm going to be going on a hike. Not like, do you want to go hike on Saturday? But I've already decided I'm going to go on a hike Saturday morning. You want to come with me so we can spend some time together? You know, stuff like that. And if they say no, don't get you know, resentful or angry about it because this, the statistics on married couples where one person loses weight and gets in shape and the other person decides not to, the statistics on that are actually kind of scary. The divorce rate jumps dramatically. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen where somebody loses 50 pounds and their husband won't lose weight or vice versa. And it's, I mean, in my experience, almost always oh, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of factors that play into that for sure, too, because of that. Because, um, I mean, talk about the insecurities that the one who's not oh. working out has, the one yeah. that now has this newfound confidence. They're getting all kinds of attention that he used to get. There's so many things that Resentment, play into that. Resentment, like, I'm doing it, why can't you? Yeah, so I yeah. think there's, 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 there's several, there's multiple people here that I would speak to different, right? So one, I want to right away, because I know this is a, a, a female that's asking this question. If you're married already, and this is your challenge personally, I don't know if you're just asking this in general or for yourself, 
my my heart goes out to somebody who is married to the man who is not does not have the same growth you know isn't as growth minded as you are or isn't into health and fitness like you are and you're already married so talking to that person i think the advice that sal just get, gave is the the best advice that you could give to somebody in your shoes now if i'm giving advice to a man who's in the exact same situation I think it's a it's a little bit easier to get your your wife on board. For example, um, <clears throat> women women. I think most men that have been married for a long time or been in a relationship for a long time know that uh, women like that one on one or quality time, and that and you can use health and exercise as a great tool to create that for each other. So yeah. maybe she's not. Maybe she's not huge into health and fitness, but and you are, but she does desire more quality time with you. And so going for walks together or taking like a yoga class, even though you might not be like a yoga guy or finding things that allow you and her to do together, which is also beneficial health wise, which could be just fucking movement and stretching. And you know, hopefully that evolves to exercise and training. Uh, but same principles that you don't push that, like Sal said. And then lastly, and I think the most important people to talk to are the ones that aren't married yet, that are trying to figure out, is this man or woman perfect for me? I remember when I first would like put together like, you know, what I thought was the ideal woman for me and the the, the list of like, oh, you know, she's got to be like this and she's got to have this and it's got to be like this. Like everybody's done that list, whether they've written it down or they put it mentally, right, or thought about it. It's like weird science where you <clears throat> have to make a doll and <laughs> hope that it's going to turn into right. a fucking... <laughs> And when I was like, oh. when I was younger, the the things that I Kelly thought LeBrock. were really important she was so hot. were mm-hmm. were less important to the things like this. You know, I, I find that having a partner that is equally health conscious and growth minded bleeds into this whole topic. So if I may not have a partner who is as fanatical about fitness as I am, but because if she's growth minded and she's into uh, bettering herself then it's really easy to get her on board to do the stuff that I want to do that's related to health and fitness. And if that is something that's really, really important to me, then making sure that I'm dating somebody that has those similar values. So they don't necessarily need to be like, you know, you're talking about three guys that are like, all we fucking talk about is fitness. So that could probably get really annoying for somebody who's not as excited about it as we are. So how does that relationship work? Well, she doesn't need to be like my girl has no desire to ever compete. She doesn't like she's not like hardcore, got to look a certain way or be at a certain body fat percentage. But what she is, is she's extremely growth minded and she is always about bettering herself. And part of bettering yourself is also taking care of your body and taking care of your health. And so it's really easy to get her on board to doing things to the point where she holds me accountable on things that are related to growth in our relationship. So they're just just this last week and there was a night where I just wanted to veg out. I didn't want to do anything but, you know, sit down and watch like some mindless TV. And she's like, hey, we haven't read our book this week. Let's go read our book. I'll never hold us back from growth, nor will she. So if one of us suggests us, should suggest it, the other one will never hold the other one back. This is kind of how our relationship works. And that's important to me. The very next day after that, you know, she got, she had a long day and she wanted to put her feet up and I didn't get a lot of activity that day. And I wanted to go out and go for a walk before the night went down. And that's also a great time for her and I to talk and spend time together. So it was really easy to get her to do that. And just like I am, she's not the type that's to hold us back from doing something. So finding a partner 
if you're not married, I think it's extremely important if you think that health and fitness is a major priority for you and growth is an is a priority for you, you have to find a partner that is growth minded and in that way. Mm. And it won't be that hard. It'll be very yeah. easy and you'll you'll grow together you know, working on these things and getting better and better uh, over the years. But if you are dating somebody who is not growth minded, you know, and that's, that's where you're going to, you're going to have the hardest time. So, you know, evaluate or, that. Or if you're, you know, if you're a wife and, um, you know, your husband is being lazy or whatever, all this stuff, like all you got to do is come up and pat him on the belly. Oh my god! <laughs> it's gonna do wonders. That's a dick. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're, this is really only a challenge. Is if if you started dating someone and you both weren't into fitness, and then all of a sudden you got into fitness, <clears throat> right? That's, yeah. that's where I see the big challenge. If you if you're looking to start dating someone, I guess that's pretty easy. You know what your 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 passions are, right? Uh, you probably want to find someone you can connect with, uh, you know, on those passions. I mean. But you know, moving forward, another challenge that I've seen is where two people are passionate about fitness and health, and then one of them stops. That's something else I've seen where the couple is together for ten years, and you know, you're talking to one of them, they're like, "Yeah, you know, he was really into exercise and nutrition." So, okay, now, and then all of a sudden, well, to me, to, to, go ahead, Justin. You got well. You guys have great advice. Like, I mean, it's it, it for sure. But uh, you know, I, I think it just boils down to communication. I think a lot of times, like. We're afraid and we t- we tiptoe around like things that are very like obvious. Like, you know, I noticed like you're sitting down a lot. Like, I like what's going on? Like, you know, I noticed that like you, you don't want to do these activities with me. You're 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 drinking like like really just like call them out, but but not in a loving way. You're not like like you're you're failing. You're doing this like like what's going on? Like kind of like get get further into the conversation of why you know you they don't want to do these well, types of things i think to sal's point that he just said right now there's a difference between being passionate or motivated to get in shape versus being growth minded hmm. and wanting to better yourself so and i and i think just, just there's some fit people right now on instagram that are ripped and got in shape because they disciplined themselves for 8 or 10 weeks and it was it's a at this time in their life it was some a goal maybe for them but it wasn't necessarily like hey i'm trying to improve myself or 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 grow be healthier be better it was i want to get ripped for vegas in 3 months that is different than than two people that are are genuinely growth minded and want to be better and want to be healthier every day and get that way. Those people aren't going to have a hard time. If somebody though, if two couples met that, and I see this a lot, especially in the competing world, where we're you know a lot of times they gravitate to each other because they know the discipline they're going through to get on stage and the sacrifice and you know she'll get me because she knows what it's like to weigh out food and carry your food around and make all this sacrifice and so we find this connection that we bond but it's really artificial it's not real it's like at that moment we're just connecting on one very small piece and we might both view what we're currently doing totally different. I may be doing it for the reasons like I did it for, which was business and to get attention for for what we're doing right now versus like, oh, this is my end all be all or I'm so I care so much about competing. So understanding like a a goal in fitness is one thing, but understanding being growth is totally totally Actually, different. Actually what you'll find when people are super super motivated strictly for just looking a certain way and you know that kind of stuff is what I've often found is when they get into a relationship and they get comfortable, mm-hmm. they 
totally throw fitness out the window. It no longer becomes a part of life, and they fluctuate quite a bit, and it can cause a lot of problems. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're with someone, and you're both very fitness-minded, and you started dating that way, and then they stop, like something's – and they did it for the right reasons or whatever – Something's wrong. They might be depressed. They might be anxious, you know, uh, and that may be the problem. I mean, I look at it like, you know, someone who stopped taking showers or stopped yeah. getting dressed in the morning, like something else hmm. is going on. Let's talk about this. And really making it about the cosmetic is is not a very effective strategy. Like one of the worst things you could do is, t- is tell your spouse, you know, I, you're not working out and I'm just not as attracted to you. Yeah. I, as honest as you may be, even if you have it with good intentions, I promise you, more often than not, they're going to take that the wrong way, and it's going to be very hurtful, and it's going to turn into it could turn into jealousy, uh, it can turn into possessiveness, it can turn into well, a if whole that's your type of relationship where, where you hold these insecurities away from each other, right? Yeah. So, like one thing I know, like and it, that's been tough is like so even after having kids and stuff. Um, you know, there's a disconnect and, and there's a disconnect with, you know, it becomes, it becomes a time thing. So there's like, there's work there, and then there's kids and our, the focus is more around the kids. And, you know, this is where the focus doesn't become, you know, on, on yourself anymore. And, uh, so one thing like, and I know, and we can literally see each other's bodies all the time and like, we kind of discuss it and it's like, you know, like the, the biggest thing to do is is to, to ask like how you can help get them more time, you know, and like get them more time to spend on themselves or uh, you just you know, want a million points, you know, from make, every woman listening right now. Yeah, Justin, make, that was very that was very smart. So the, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I found was like the key. That's you know? wise though. That's very that's a very wise thing to say. Yeah, that was some hard podcasting. Huh? Some hard, that was hard, hard podcasting. I, <laughs> some hard podcasting. See, I let you guys, you know, <laughs> blah, blah, and then I I come in later <laughs> with the real knowledge. No, that was, <laughs> with the real. No, knowledge. my God, that is very, uh, very, very uh, great advice because I could totally see that uh, being very effective. Like. Someone came up to me and said, hey, look, how can I get you more time so you could do the things you like to do for yourself rather than you need to go work out? Right. Like, wow, that's just, way just more spend more time with yourself. Well, the this, this strategy to that, too, in hopes that you do that, that they choose to do that instead of going having popcorn and movies, right? So if they still do that, then that's a whole other issue. Right. Yeah. So that's, Well, you can't control people. That's you, the thing. No, no, yeah, no. You, you can't that's control That's the bottom people. line. Exactly. And, well, you know, you got to let them have that freedom to choose what they wanted. Obviously, of course, always. Uh, but you know, at the, again, at the end of the day, if it's anxiety and stress that's causing the person to stop working out, and you give them some reprieve, the very first thing they may choose is just to alleviate that stress, and that might be take a nap. But over time, they may start to choose. Yeah, I like I like giving like subtle things too that you know, and I know this isn't. I believe that it takes a little bit of skill and art to do this, and you practice at this. Is you take unflattering photos of them? Yeah, no, you post them on social so, media. So I, I've always I've I've always come from like the leadership it's a tactic leadership mentality right. So if I'm trying to lead my partner into health and fitness, I don't want to be pushy. Just like if I was a boss trying to get all my people to work in the same direction, I'm not going to tell you what to do like a manager would. I'm going to lead right. So I'm going to show you what a healthy lifestyle looks like, and I'm going to let my my attitude and the, my productivity and those things reflect that. So you're going to find me. I'm going to be happier and I'm going to feel good and I'm going to be talking with energy and doing things that are going to make you go like, man, why are you in such a good mood today? And then I'm going to help connect the dots for them. It's like, oh man, I just, and this literally just happened the other night. I was sharing with Katrina being back on tracking and, and on it. 
I already feel the difference in my my energy already. I feel so much better this week than I did the previous week. I've got the same stress. I've got the same bullshit going on in my life. But because my health and fitness kick is 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 kicked up a notch right now, I feel good and I share that. I share and I don't do it in a way that is like in your face. Like I feel so good because I'm exercising and you're not. It's not like that. It's like you know she sees me extra happy or excited. Or like man, you I can't believe how much energy you have because you've been going all day long. It's like man, I just when I'm eating clean and I'm f- fueling my body with what I need, it's amazing how my body responds to me and and talks to it's me. Mind blowing. Yeah, and like when I if you share those little those moments. When the opportunity is right, enough of those moments start to get people curious. Like, okay, well, what what exactly are you doing, and you know, what could I do to to feel that way? Because it's contagious. Because mm-hmm. I want to feel happy, and I want to look like I have energy, and I don't want to be stressed all the time. And if you're showing that through your health and fitness journey, then a lot of times that will bleed over into yeah. them. And so, th- those are subtle ways you can do that. Quick interruption by our sponsors, you guys. Lots of people have been asking us how they can support the Mind Pump Mafia family. Our first one is our Chimera Coffee that we love. You guys go to ChimeraCoffee.com. That's Chimera with a K for 10% off. Don't forget Mind Pump at the checkout. We also have our BigTopBeardCompany.com for 33% off. Also, Mind Pump at the checkout. Checkout. Also, Brain FM. We talk so much about this for sleep and meditation. It's Brain.FM for 20% off. Also, Mind Pump at the checkout. You guys, we also talk a lot about books on here all the time. We're using that Audible. You guys can get a free trial, 30-day trial, plus one free audiobook if you go to audibletrial.com forward slash mind pump. And then last, we get lots of people asking about Ben Greenfield's CBD supplement, so we hit him up to hook you guys up. You go to getnaturedblend.com forward slash mind pump for that discount. Alien Oxner says, a friend of mine was critiquing my squat and said I shouldn't be squatting ass to grass because of something called butt wink. He said it's bad for your back. Can you elaborate on this if this is a thing? Yes, a butt wink is a thing and it could be a bad thing. Now, there is a lot Not of- always. There's some debate there, yeah. No, yeah. yeah I mean, well, no. first we should tell him what yeah. a butt wink is. Yeah, right? yeah right, right. okay. So if I could finish my sentence, I yeah. would get to that point. <laughs> so- no, yes, crab. yes, it can we be. Crabbed you. Yes, it is a real thing, but this is something that is heavily debated in the fitness community because if there's a lot of different reasons it could be happening, and there's a lot of people that could look like they have a slight butt wink, and it's totally fine and normal. So that's the hard area. Now, this is what I, I think this is probably one of the biggest advantages that uh, our our forum uses, right? Or that our people that are in our forum use is you'll post a video of doing a squat on our forum and within five minutes, you're going to have all these professionals critiquing you and giving you advice on what they see happening. And so, you know, getting someone who's a real professional look at your mechanics and and advising you versus just some Joe and I don't and I don't know who told you if this is a buddy who's a trainer at some local gym which I don't know how credible he is or not but you may have a butt wink and it's, if it's excessive it could be it could be bad for your low back so there is there is stuff that you should do leading into a deep squat so going and this is where why all these national certifications that we took through our 20s coming up as trainers said squat to 90 degrees it said squat to 90 degrees not because that's what's ideal for your joints and you know going through full range of motion which you hear us preach about all the time which is good for you and is better for you they know that majority of people can't squat below 90 without deviations like a butt wink coming out 
So a butt wink is as you're squatting, your pelvis goes into what's called a posterior pelvic tilt. So it literally looks like if you look at someone like squatting a, from the like side, a shitting dog. Yeah, it looks like their tailbone starts to tuck a little bit at the bottom. <clears throat> their pelvis is literally rotating. Uh, they call it posteriorly. Now here's a little rule of thumb that's very easy to remember, and you can apply this to any exercise and any movement. Range of motion is not a problem ever unless you are uh, unsupported unless you're relying on your joints end of range of motion for support in other words if i extend my arm out completely straight and i lift the weight uh at arm's length like my palm is up and i'm lifting a weight at at palm if i'm supporting my elbow with my bicep and my forearms and all that stuff it's okay that i'm at that full range of motion now if i relax my arm and lift and let my elbow joint support that in other words the joint, the end of range of motion is my joint, and my joint is supporting the weight. Now we have a problem. Mm-hmm. This is the same thing with a butt wink. We're taught when you squat that the lumbar spine, the thoracic spine, the cervical spine needs to be rigid and stuck. Yeah. This is just this is just always in that neutral position. Yeah. This is first of all, a squat is a very natural movement. If you go to countries where people sit in squats, Everyone has a butt wink. Almost everybody's going to sit in this butt wink position when they're sitting on their haunches, sitting on the you know, on, their, on their feet. There's, it's a totally natural movement. There's nothing wrong with some movement in the lumbar spine. The problem is when people butt wink, and it's the result of an imbalance. It's the result of poor recruitment patterns, and they they go into their end of range of motion butt wink. So now what's supporting them is their spine. Not the muscles around the spine, but their actual spine. Now, there are anatomical differences between people that may make it impossible to squat without a butt wink. Literally, the, your, your hip joints may be uh, designed or, or set up in a certain way to where once you go, go below a certain position to get more range of motion, there's going to be a little bit of butt wink. And there's nothing wrong with that. Again, if it's under control and you're not at end of range of motion, you're going to be totally fine. In fact... More people have hurt themselves, and, and I'll, make this, I'll, I'll make this claim all day long. It's more dangerous, is what, this is what I'll say. It's more dangerous to have a butt wink and a leg press than it is to have a butt wink and a squat. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are more likely in a leg press, if you do go into butt wink where your hips kind of rotate out, to be totally relaxed in that position in the lumbar spine because you're not really using it to begin with. It's all legs, right? You're not mm-hmm. supporting any weight in your shoulders. And people tend to let the spine go into end of range of motion at the bottom of a leg press. Whereas when you're squatting, it's more you have more of a tendency. You're, even for, if you, you're forced to control it, you're and a, your core is having to work no matter what. That's so right. There's and, more support. And I've on. seen a lot of back injuries, a lot of them from light leg presses where people go all the way down, they get the butt wink, the spine is, you know, so again. So how would you tell somebody to assess that if they have a butt well, wink? Well, I'll tell you. Besides, like, knowing from, that they're losing, like, muscle tension. Well, in the I, past, I had a butt wink. So like, not only can I speak from this mechanically, but I can tell you how you know. And and here's the thing. like, I don't like the analogy you gave with the bicep because that that's a single hinge joint. Con- and comparing that to a compound movement like a squat, there's a lot more that's going on than just the keeping support through one. Well, I'm just, just, exa- just I know, trying I know, to make that I know, example. but that's, there's a lot more that could be going on here than just that. And so 
with you'll know because your lower your lower back will be on fire because the the excessive movement mm-hmm. of the extension and flexion mm-hmm. you'll be working those extender muscles at the very bottom and what I remember I used to do a set of squats and like by the second set I was laying on the ground because my low back, back was, was fried. on fire yeah. just on fire because it's getting this constant that extension flexion extension flexion extension flexion and that's that excessive winking back and forth now like Sal said, it is true. Like you, there is a, there's a, if, if everybody sat complete ass to grass, everybody's going to have a, a natural tuck underneath. That's actually where the, the pelvis wants to go. Now, some people will be excessive. Now you're normally excessive when you already have an anterior pelvic tilt going into that. So if you have a, if you already have that lower lordosis going on and then you go into a deep squat and you haven't prepared, you haven't done the work that you should do to get good control and mobility into that range of motion, you could see an excessive butt wink. I'll tell you what, your body will let you know mm. right away. Like you'll, like I said, you'll be like me. You'll feel it on fire. So would you attribute like when you're going through your mobilizing your hips and, and, and reconnecting like more as far as like gaining strength in your hips to contribute to more support going into your squat? Absolutely. So this uh, being a guy who had it and has completely eliminated it. So I have... No low back. Those that have been watching my Instagram story or Instagram for the last year or two plus, you've watched a guy who could only get to about 90 degrees when he squats to I can complete ass to grass with 300 plus pounds on my back, no belt, completely comfortable and nothing bothering my low back. But that took a ton of work to get there. I didn't just all of a sudden go ass to grass. I, I had to slowly work on all these different factors. because, And that's why I said I didn't like the elbow thing because I had to work on ankle mobility that would that would contribute to it also i had to work on my hip mobility there's my thoracic so you also want to round the top of your spine when you get that deep so there's a lot of other factors that come into play that could be contributing to something like that and the last thing you want is your thoracic to roll forward so your upper body to roll forward while you're also winking underneath and then Mm -hmm. you then you could be in trouble so it's interesting for me to think about because, you know, even like bench pressing or, or something like that, where, you know, where there's like a disconnect where your body has this sort of tendency to either let the weight drop a little faster and you lose like you, you lose the control in certain areas because, you know, you kind of have to hustle through that portion of the rep. Mm. Um I don't know. Obviously, I don't know if that's the case with everybody with this butt wink because of, you know, the way that, uh, you, you know, you're you're predisposed to having like, like you know, the structure of your bones and everything. You're predisposed to certain things. But, um, you know, as far as like a muscle tension is concerned, like I wonder, you know, if, if people really did put in the work. Uh, with with connecting to their hips better, if that would be well, the case. a lot of a lot of people too will try and do the opposite, so they'll they'll know that they have a butt wink, and so they'll stick out. And, the and other so way. what they do is when they go down, they really really tense up their erector spinae to try and and their hip flexors to try and keep their butt out, mm-hmm. and then they get back problems from that. Mm-hmm. So uh, what I tell those people is rather than trying to stick your butt out so hard, brace the hell out of your core, yeah. and stay tight in your hips. And you'll probably have, you know, you'll do a little bit better. But it's really important for people to understand that there is no perfect, absolute perfect looking squat that looks the same for everybody. No. Uh, it, people's, right. your, your bones are different lengths. There's different, your joints maybe look, you know, look different. There's different muscle attachments. Yep. So uh, really it's the perfect squat for you is where you can squat with good control, good stability, full range of motion. Nothing's in the way. Um, you're not getting overstress in any of your joints, and that's the bottom line. And that's true for any 
movement. I can't tell you how many times I've been told, don't do this exercise, don't do that movement, it's bad for this, it's bad for that. And then I learn how to do it properly with good control and I actually get more mobility, you know, better health in my joints uh, than, 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 you know, what I used to do, what I follow the advice of, it has to look a certain way and be absolutely perfect. So well, a lot of times, by the way, people would say butt wink was due to hamstring tightness, which is Well, false. that's bullshit. Yeah, that's false. a bunch of bullshit. But no, he, he, there, okay, so this is why in Prime, okay, we, we have this, we have a compass test, right? And one of the tests, you have to take a stick and you have to hold it there yourself and you have to keep it in three points, the, the crown of your head, your back of your upper shoulder blades, and then your tailbone. Mm-hmm. And you got to squat as deep as you can, maintaining those that, that connection. If you can squat, ask to grass and maintain yeah. those. That's why we created Prime. Was So this would be a perfect test for someone like this who's trying to figure out, you know, are you doing a safe squat? If you can maintain those three points and right. drop your ass all the way down, ass to grass, you're doing good. Now, if you lose those three points, because if you have an excessive butt wink, you'll lose the you'll lose one of those points. Yeah. So if you lose one of those points going all the way down there, you you it's not that you don't you should never go after us. It means that you haven't done the work you need to do to get to your body to the point to where you can do that. Mm-hmm. And that I think that's the reason why I really wanted this to talk about this question was because we do promote full range of motion. We're all advocates of that. We all talk about it all the time. Yeah. But I also don't I do not recommend people going from They've been squatting for, they're 30, 40 years old. They've been squatting down to 90 degrees their whole life. And then all of a sudden, because we say ass to grass, the next time they go work out. Actually, we should just define full range of motion. Full range of motion means your fullest range of motion that you can do with good control and stability and strength. Yeah. So that may mean your full range of motion is 90 degrees. Mm -hmm. It also may mean your, your full range of motion may be ass to grass. Full range of motion is not the same for everybody. That's the bottom line. So- when we say always train in your fullest range of motion, it means literally what you can do with good control, good stability, and good strength. If, any t- if you move outside of that, you are yeah. no longer in your full this range of motion. This is where isometrics, I mean, so uh, Dr. Andrew Ospina so talks about our body's capacity for 10 to 15% even more range of motion than uh, you know, we, we currently have like, like our, our capacity is there if we learn how to train ourselves to connect to that process. So. Well, and I think that's, I think that's the message too. What I, I also don't want to send, cause I know Sal saying that like, you know, to your full range, but just because you can only get down to 90, don't just fucking settle for that and le- stay there either. No, no, no. Because you're, that's, that's, that's just where that's you're going to, that's tr- the old trainer that right. I, the way I used to taught, teach back in the days was, Oh, you know, Oh, my client only has good control to 90 degrees. So we squat just down to nine degrees and that's all I do with her for the next two years and it's like I wasn't doing that client any real good what I should have been doing was addressing her mobility to get her to the point where or him to the point where they can go deeper than 90 and work on their work on their mobility right. because at that at that current time she could only get down to 90 degrees which is if you're going to train squats you should train in that safe range of motion but that should also be a flag to you that hey i mean do you want to be in a position to where you can only squat down to 90 degrees and be comfortable so no you should be able to sit down just like we did when we were toddlers you should want to do that and if you can't do that safely now you put in the work. This is what Prime is all about. This yep. is why we created this fucking program, and it has a test to actually figure this piece out right here. So if you don't, make sure you do that. And or the forum. The forum is amazing for this, for where you can put up your put up any videos of your exercises, and then the three of us are on there every day critiquing forum. And if not us, there's all kinds of other professionals doing the same thing, giving great advice on how to address stuff. 
Cisco 4158, when is it appropriate to start training kids? Great question. Training yeah. kids? Ki- uh, well, first off, kids play. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's how they exercise. They play, and they yeah. do that as soon as they can move. Exactly, and I think that's why I wanted to talk about this question, too, because, um, you know, it's it's one thing to call it sort of structured play, so um, versus just letting kids play and, um, you know, sit down and play video games. And I think that, um, you know, physical education has changed quite quite a bit, and uh, we got we got away from a lot of like the the core sort of uh, movement patterns that like kids should be expressing like hanging and doing monkey bars and and crawling patterns and you know squatting patterns and climbing and um, like these are all like really important things for kids to develop and I, I feel like that if anything like that's why like you know there's this emphasis with um, a lot of the structures that you see like, you know, with monkey bars and like, you know, playgrounds, like they, the ones where it was sort of challenges them a little bit more to figure out, you know, how to move their body, how to like get strength when they need it. And just climbing is so good for kids to kind of express. And, um, you know, gymnastics obviously teaches a little bit further about how to develop a lot of these like strengths, but, um, I feel like it's, it's crucial even now. I'm like even more looking into that, that process with kids. Yeah. Do I you, think, I mean, they're asking training. So I'm assuming they're, they may be asking about like weights, like when is it okay oh, yeah. to have kids lift weights? Yeah. If, if a kid can control uh, a weight, um, then there, uh, then there's nothing wrong with that. Um, there's a myth that lifting weights will um, stunt your growth. Yeah. It'll damage yeah. the growth plates and stunt your growth. The amount of weight that a child needs to lift to damage their growth plates is more than they'll ever be able to lift at that age. So uh, don't worry about that at and all. And you would be a moron if you're doing less than five repetitions with a kid that's like well, eight years old. There's the, no reason for you to be doing that. No, and, and I've trained a lot of children, and the biggest thing that uh, you train with kids is control. Yes, like if you yes. give a, Their proprioception is fucking all over yeah, the place. Yeah, you give a 10-year-old a dumbbell, you tell them to lift it, you know, him or her above their head, and, and it could be very light for them, but you can see that it's wobbling, they want to drop yeah. it. and So that's that ends up what we, you know, what we end up training, but... If a child is into it and enjoys it and they want to be trained, like structured trained, mm-hmm. go for it. They're, yeah. they're, then that means they're old enough. They're asking then, for it. Yeah. Then there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. You got to train them appropriately. You're not looking to, uh, you know, it's not intensity based at all. So I'm not there to hammer the shit uh, out of some kid with his, with his or her training. I'm there to, again, give them more control yeah. uh, over their body. You want to teach them the skill of each one of these movements and, and the meaning and the purpose behind it and, you know, why you need to develop. It's practice. Yeah, dude, it's practice. M- like, maps anywhere, dude. Tension movements and body weight, man. That's, yeah. I mean, I would put, if I if I was training that's like- That's like step one for sure. 100%. Like that's, I would train, getting them to go through a program like that, that is all body weight, tension, band work. You're not going to do any sort of damage. It's super safe because you're not using any weights. The only resistance you're really using is bands and your body weight. Teaches them control, proprioception. We got all kinds of great stuff, plyometric work in there if they, if they progress up to that. Like that to me- is ideal. I tell you what though, this is like, I'm glad you picked this question because this was just on my mind last weekend. I'm at uh, Katrina's mom's house and we have the nieces and nephews over. And one of them is uh, my nephew who is 10 years old, plays baseball and he's kind of put on weight, um, you know, in the last like three years or so. And it's just, you know, it's there. Both his parents don't really 
pay attention to stuff. They let him eat whatever, and he eats a lot of a lot of garbage and plays a lot of video games. Uh, but he also plays sports. But and he's he's he started to put on probably I would say fifteen pounds mm. or so. Wow, for, for, for a ten year old, yeah, right, okay. o- overweight, right. But because he still can play sports, they kind of like they don't they don't really address it, right? Oh, he's just and what you know what a lot of people think when they see their kid like that they they oh, justify bro, go exactly puberty. they're going through a growth spurt, right? But I can see it right away that it's not a growth spurt. It's he's over consuming and he's not moving enough. And what I and I was playing with him and then our the little six year old. And we were uh, sitting down in a squatted position and I was showing them to, to how to be all the way ass to grass and then do like a little pistol squat back and forth. And the girl who was, who was six years old was playing around and doing it with me. And the, and the 10-year-old boy who's a little bit overweight could not do it. Not only could he not do it, but when he sat down ass to grass, his heels were off the ground about two inches and he had to rock all his weight just to be sitting all the way down in that full depth squat. He was rolling. So he, he obviously, he didn't understand why he couldn't do it. He was kept falling over. I could see it mechanically right away. But it blew my mind to see a kid who actually plays a little bit of sports that's 10 years old could already be losing that, that actually range of motion because of sitting so much and how little kids are doing those. And so what Justin said to me, like, was just hit home is, you know, crawling patterns and monkey bars and the good old shit that we used to do. People don't realize how fucking important that was for us maintaining good posture, good control, good proprioception. Body awareness. Body, yes. Yeah, you just learn about your body. It's, uh, the odds that your kid to today, born today, is going to have uh, a major chronic disease dude. in the future is high. Yeah. Very high. It's actually very high. The odds are that they will. And uh, I'm a huge advocate because you didn't necessarily need to do this about 50 years ago. You know, 50 years ago, you didn't have to have structured activity right because that's what kids did that's all we wanted to do that's all you want to do all i want to do is go outside and play today uh i think it's it's necessary the fact that public schools are taking pe out and not having structured exercise and not paying attention to it like they are with math math and science is horrible considering the modern times that we live in because modern times now Kids would rather not go outside. They'd rather be inside. It's way more fun being inside today than it is to go outside. So you yeah. have to, it has to be in the structure now. It just is. Bottom line, I have kids. You almost have to earn your time, right, to to be able to sit down and and cause, I think because you're not going to take away, you know, like these video games and being on the computer, being on the phone. Like that's just. I mean, that's not gonna that's not gonna solve the issue. It's it's about how do we now adapt uh, to this new environment and how do we you know set them up for success with it. I think how do you, how do you be, guys how do you guys do that as parents well, right now? I'm curious about because I think like being a guy who's not a parent, yeah. I think oh if I had kids that were like it, I watched my little brother. Who's oh, they earn time with it. Is I that mean, how you do it? Like yeah, I would I would probably make them do things that were active in order to be able to sit down and sit in front of the computer. Yeah, it's a very small window they get, but I mean they get it. Most effective thing I've done period, hands down, is to do something with them because I find it super not effective to God, talk. God, that's got to be so fucking hard, though, for a lot of parents, right? Yeah. We already have parents that are our age Dude, and older. We have wrestle time, play time. That are... Oh. Uh, they're struggling to get themselves in shape to stay active. Then you have kids that are dealing with this this technology and video gaming world and VR now. Kids where, are a reflection of their parents, right? bottom line. And, and then, that's a hard thing for people to swallow because they see their kids with the trouble and they're like, well, I tell them to do this or I tell them it's like, they're a, they are a reflection. Well, and the yeah. scary part is yeah. if you're a parent right now and you know, you're know you guilty already of the bad eating habits and lack of exercise, 
you don't realize, like, or, and I, I guess, you know, think about it this way. If you struggle with it right now and you don't aren't motivated to do a lot of the exercises or eat better and it's already challenging for you to stay healthy or to keep, keep the weight off or whatever it may be, imagine what you're setting your child up for because he has he or she has way more obstacles than you had as a mm-hmm. child. You did so many things that you probably don't even realize as a child that were so beneficial to your overall stru- your skeletal structure, your muscular ske- structure, and then your nutritional habits that this kid that's growing up now in this generation those are all against him. And it's all during these formidable years where yeah. the brain is developing and the body's start, you know, it's developing in ways that some of them are reversible but some of them, some of them aren't so much um and especially with the brain, but I would like to see schools treat activity the same way they treat math and, math and science. Right. Yeah. Like structured where they place money and time into it mm-hmm. where children are they they have like like there, you wouldn't have a science teacher who doesn't know science that well in schools. It just would never happen. But you've got PE teachers that don't know shit about yeah. mobility, flexibility, because we just don't consider it important. But I'm telling you right now, it's as important, if not more important, because the odds that your kid is going to have chronic disease in the future is quite high. Diabetes and obesity-related diseases are the majority. Uh, children are getting it now, but as adult, as, as obese children or as unhealthy children grow up, the odds become the the majority. I think they need to spend time and money on like have these kids like like it's one of the periods where it's exercise, it's flexibility, it's mobility. Yeah. Where and the problem is that we've got this generation of parents that are just pussies because they're afraid that their kid is not going to be good at sports or not be good at activity. Well, it's the same thing with academics. Some fucking kids don't do math very well. I mean, what do we do? We spend time on helping them work on the things that they need to work on. And the same thing needs to be done with fit- with fitness today, especially today, because it just doesn't happen well, I feel like, naturally. It I just feel like we just, need to, we just need to evolve the damn subjects they have now. Like instead of like science being all about fucking rocks and the fucking elements and shit like that and the periodic table, maybe actually teaching them a little bit about macronutrients and how they affect the body and, and spending more of the time about that. And maybe in English class, instead of like reading about these old Shakespeare things, maybe we're spending a little bit more time teaching them how to actually communicate English, <laughs> communicate English, back and forth to each other i mean thou me, hast offended me well i just feel like the 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 subjects are there we just tend to we've the what we've been teaching for so many fucking years is so ridiculous it's like there's so many more practical things that these kids need to know now. oh my god how about learning how to balance a checkbook or or how a car loan works or you know how to bank <laughs> right. like shit like this is yeah. like when you get out of school you're like what the fuck right oh. and that's and so that's my math. credit card's good that's got 20% math interest. right but maybe you spend more time in math talking about those real practical things which you know i remember little bits of that in there but not enough not not, not, not as much emphasis should have been or not uh, not enough was placed on that with all the amount of time that you spend as an adult mm-hmm. having to understand all those things. All right, like, kids. Chapter four of Arnold Schwarzenegger's Encyclopedia of Bodybuilding. <laughs> Please bring out your packets. We're going to discuss biceps. Indeed, bicep. Oh, Doug. Our next question is from Kingry18. How important is sleep? This guy is asking the question because he averages four hours on work nights and six hours on weekends. Well, I would argue that the quality is more important than the actual time. Well, first off, how important is sleep? It's one of the essential yeah. things that you need for survival. It's up there with food, water, and shelter. That's where all the magic happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, 
so lack of sleep is so detrimental to your health that you can literally die if you can't sleep enough. This is a fact. If you stayed up enough and they kept you up and you know they did, they did some pretty horrible experiment, experiments in the communist Soviet Union on this particular subject and people died and went, went, went crazy and actually died as a result of lack of sleep. It's extremely important um, to get uh, adequate sleep. Now, this doesn't mean, and, and I want to be uh, clear as well, individual sleep um, yeah, requirements varies. can vary. They can vary quite a bit. So someone might, and the average studies show that the average person needs around eight hours of sleep. But if you're more stressed out or more fatigued or maybe you're fighting an illness, you probably need more. If everything's on point and you feel great or whatever, you may be okay with a little less. Some people naturally need a little less sleep than other people. So this is, these are just rough numbers. But uh, they just actually completed a study. In fact, let me see if I can, if I can find it. Uh, it's pretty, pretty wild. The study showed that sleep deprivation actually causes the brain to start uh, what they put in quotations, eating itself. So there are things called in the wow. brain uh, called astrocytes that clean out worn out cells and debris. And they found that they were far more active when animals were deprived of sleep. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It sounds to me, and this is all hypothetical or, or theoretic, but it sounds to me like it's a pruning process of the brain. Uh, the same way the body does it to your liver or your organs when you fast. Mm -hmm. However, if you stay too long in that, it becomes detrimental. Like, yeah. It's like damaging Eat your body when you exercise. Through, so yeah. I think a little sleep deprivation here and there might be a good thing. But overall, um, sleep is so important. It would be like skipping, you know, drinking water or not eating for long periods of time. It's very, very bad. Uh, one, one more thing I want to add to this is if you want to optimize your sleep, the science is now becoming pretty conclusive that you're better off following the sun. Mm -hmm. So it's better to get eight hours of sleep going to bed early and waking up early than it is going to bed you late. You have that circadian rhythm yeah. sort of built in. Yeah, so you kind of go to bed after the sun sets and then wake up when the sun rises versus... You know, even if you still get eight hours, but you sleep during the day and you work a night shift type of deal. Like oh, the night shift. It's so interesting because my wife worked the, the night shift the first two years we were married. And uh, just, I mean, her skin, like just the way she like she looked so unhealthy and felt so unhealthy. And, and meanwhile, keeping the same nutritional habits and, and exercise, everything consistent, but just looked like a zombie. We, I mean, again, it all goes back to evolution. Humans evolved. Uh, for the most part, without electricity, we are not. Uh, we're super vulnerable at night. So humans are terrible uh, with our with our sight in the evening, and sight is our most dominant, uh, you know, sense. So we we've got two eyes that observe very well. At nighttime, we can't see shit, but animals can see very very well. So we didn't go outside at night that much because we would probably get killed by nocturnal animals like uh, like lions and all that kind of shit. So it was very very likely that when the sun rose. We went out, and when the sun set, everybody went in for shelter and fell asleep, and that was just how our bodies worked. It's why we get jet lag and why jet lag is so – I mean, every time we travel, even if it's like three hours, I don't feel like myself for at least a couple days. Yeah, I know. I agree. Yeah. Austin, you know? Well. Here, this, is a, this is a great example of how I use or I recommend like some of the biohacking tools 
that we see or come across or we've tried. Hmm. So this is a person who here's a blue blocker situation. Yes, yeah, exactly. So right. there's three there's three biohacks that I would recommend to this person. One, the blue blockers. Two, the float tank. Three, Brain FM. No yep. brainers. So do and this is where like I feel like where Mind Pump is really different about stuff and why we're very careful about how how we talk about things and push things like. I don't think that blue blocker glasses are going to change it for a majority of people. If you're getting plenty of sleep and you have no problem with that, then I don't think it's this game changer for someone. But if you're somebody who lacks sleep, has a hard time for your brain settling down at night, Brain FM and and like blue blocker glasses, game changer. You want to talk about floating? Did you know that talk about studies? Study came out to show that one hour of uh, float tank is equivalent to four hours of REM. So REM sleep is when we get the is the most recuperative time. For now, do you know what parameters are using to compare the two? Like, well, you know that it's going to be you know even there's there's one there must be a parameter like in terms of this particular thing because it can't be equivalent across the board. Of course, because everybody is different. Like right, right. yeah, but even even if it's off by 50% or 80%, the fact that you could lay in a, in a float tank and get, some of the benefits. and get some of the benefits that you get from REM, because REM typically takes us about two hours for the natural for the average person to get into that, that you could dump, jump right into that right away, which is also the benefits that Brain FM gives. So Brain FM does the same thing. You dive into a deeper, more recuperative sleep at a faster rate by using tools like this. This is some, and I'm somebody who can lack in sleep, and I'm somebody who sometimes gets it. And like Sal was saying, like I I think it is advantageous for us to have that stress every once in a while. But if I feel like I've been neglecting sleep, or if, if like this person, if I've had weeks on week where I'm only getting four hours, sure your body may be adapted to that, and you're okay with it. But if I recognize that I'm only getting that, I might be using some of these tools to take advantage. Like that person, I think is going to benefit from Brain FM more than the average person. I think that person is going to benefit from the float tank more than any person. Yeah. If there was anybody that I would throw the blue blockers on at nighttime, as soon as the as soon as the lights go or as soon as the sun goes down, I throw those shades on you're that person yeah and and here's something that's really easy just make a routine Mm -hmm. like part of the reason why blue blockers and all that stuff help my opinion is it's a it's a routine like i'm getting myself prepared for bed so i have clients that i'll tell them hey you know an hour before bed turn off all electronics and light candles in your house you don't have to go to bed but just do that um and just doing like the routine of it and getting ready for bed rather than you know, you're, you're go, 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 go. And then boom, I'm going to try and go to sleep now. Like that's a hard transition, man. You know, there's no step towards, you know, the, the sleep part. It's all go, 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 jump in bed. Um, one of the reasons why some, it's hard for people to go to bed, go to sleep after an intense session of exercise. You ever do that? You guys ever do that? Where you work out really, really hard and then try to go yeah, right to bed. So ramped up. You just, you just can't. Uh, so make a little sleep uh, routine that can help quite a bit, but yeah, you you need to prioritize your sleep and figure out a way. If you're sleeping four hours a night on work nights, um, try and figure something out. Either try and take a, na- a nap in the midday, or figure out how you can get more sleep because you Brain are FM, bro. yeah, you are increasing you're increasing your risk of all chronic diseases, everything from heart disease to cancer. Yeah, I feel uh, for you. That schedule is terrible. That's bad. And I'll tell you something right now, 99% of the stress that new parents get when they have a baby is lack of sleep. 
That will make you want to kill each other. We did, oh, we yeah. did, uh, you know, for this person too. I don't know how long they've been a listener for. Go back to our Sean Stevenson interview, mm-hmm. where uh, he, author of Sleep Smarter, he goes into more uh, of the hormones. And yeah, everything we, else. he, he yeah. dropped some really good knowledge uh, in that episode. Uh, it was way back when. But so if you just search the Mind Pump log for Sean Stevenson's interview, you'll see uh, that one. That was really good. But I tell you what, so Brain FM man has been a game changer for me. I'm somebody who also could struggle with the sleep thing. Uh, everything from what Sal is saying to meditating in the middle of the day to getting quicker into your REM sleep at nighttime and a deeper sleep. Uh, we that episode that we interviewed those guys, uh, they get into that that into more detail. So those are two really good episodes in regards to the importance of sleep and the strategies around that. Um, but those have been game changers for me. Excellent, uh, and I believe we cover sleep uh, as one of our topics in our thirty days of coaching. We talk about wellness. We talk about food intake. Uh, protein, carbohydrates, fats. We talk about resistance mm-hmm. training. Definitely recovery. Um, it's free. It's free information. It's packed full of information. The way you get it is you go to mindpumpmedia.com and you enroll. Also, if you want more help with your exercise technique, more help with your wellness journey, and you're a visual person, you want to watch us demonstrate and teach exercises, and you want to watch some of the brightest professionals in fitness, and I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about some of the people that we've actually had on our YouTube channel demonstrating things. Go to Mind Pump TV on YouTube. Um, it's, again, full of incredible information that we don't cover in our podcast. Lastly, uh, if you want to ask us a question that we answer on these episodes, the place to do it is Instagram. Our page is Mind Pump Media. We also have personal pages. Mine is Mind Pump Sal, Adam is Mind Pump Adam, and Justin is Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.